Are you paying too much for your home and auto insurance? At Caleb Holloway State Farm, you're a one-quick-click call and quote away for some serious savings. Visit www.calebholloway.net or call 706-406-2111 for all of your home, auto, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, Caleb Holloway State Farm is there. Hey everybody, it's Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. Are you looking for something a little extra to get you through your day? Well, let me suggest Kill Cliff. Kill Cliff is a clean energy drink with a natural source of caffeine derived from green tea leaves. Whether it be the Kill Cliff for recovery, Ignite for that energy boost, or the CBD-infused Kill Cliff, they've got you covered. Go to CigarStoreIdiot.com, click on the Kill Cliff link, and use promo code CIGARIDIOTS for some awesome savings. Kill Cliff, clean energy, killer taste. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and on tonight I have with me, sir, you are? I'm back, Andrew. Andrew, man, it's good to have you back from the beach. How was it? Man, it was so nice. It was, we didn't see, we left Sunday. We didn't see a white cloud until Friday. It was perfect blue sky. Uh, went down to uh, Anna Marie Island, and it was uh, it was unbelievable. I'm just going to tell you, I'm happy you got to go, but I was uh, pretty jealous that you left and didn't take me. So how's man, that? <laughs> Well, I tell you, someone's going to talk about. It. I listened to the uh, podcast, one of the podcasts that I missed. I listened to several, but the man, that Young Blood Life one was good, and I hate that I miss those guys. I want to, I, I want to meet them. Yeah, dude, they came in from Utah. Uh, I enjoy that podcast. They're really good people. So, and uh, if you have a chance to listen, want to listen to a podcast about everyday family life, that guy's got it figured out. The Young Blood Life. <laughs> yeah, Devin and Shannon, they're great. So. Um, I'm excited, dude. I'm all over myself. I probably shouldn't have drank an energy energy drink before I did this one today. Uh, but uh, I don't want to hold you up any longer, sir. Uh, we we have with us tonight a very special guest. We have Leonard, the bad boy Garcia. Leonard, what's happening, man? How's it going, guys? Good, good, good. How are you? Uh, man, we're doing great, man. The family's good. Uh, uh, work is good. Everything's going. Everything's great and that's awesome that is good to hear so you're you're right it's great we saw that fight i watched that fight <laughs> yeah, yeah you know it's great and you know we're from georgia so we know joe we know joe we had yeah, joe, had on, joe on yeah and uh when i heard you guys were gonna fight i was like man these guys are gonna they're gonna club each other for three rounds yeah and what it, a better guy right yeah and, and that was a it was a great fight man and you really uh i mean i and i i'm telling you i was excited to watch you fight uh, back when you fought in the uh, WEC and uh, also in the W, um, I'm sorry, the, not the WWF, you didn't do that, So uh, <laughs> the U, the UFC. So uh, you were one of my favorite fighters coming up. 
Uh, and uh, I, again, I appreciate uh, your time, and we're we're excited to have you on here. So, I'm excited to be here, man. Especially, you know, it, it, I've, I've I've heard the show a couple times since since you reached out, and that man, you guys do a great job. Well, thank you for saying thank that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Well, let's dig into a little bit of uh, of Leonard Garcia, and I want to know who got you started in fighting. What what was the moment where you were like, man, I. I this is what I love this and this is what I want to do. And I can get paid to beat people up. So, so, so when, when did that start for you? It's a crazy story, man. Um, so, so, uh, all throughout my, my high school, um, you know, growing up, I, I was, play, I was playing football. So football to me, my family, everybody around us, we thought football was the key to my future. In Texas, right. in Texas, well, right? Well, in Texas, it's huge. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Texas, yeah, Georgia, absolutely. Florida, California—that's what you do. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, very good in high school. You know, did did a lot of great things. Uh, super athletic, and then I went to college. <laughs> um, I tried to walk on to Texas Tech, uh, the Red Raiders. Yep, and uh, everybody was six foot two. 240 pounds and I was five foot 10 170 pounds soaking wet okay <laughs> and uh it was a tough tough pill to swallow man. sure everybody sure. everybody was able to do what I could do but they had the size some of them could jump higher some of them were, could run a little bit faster I had the heart definitely had the heart to stay in there but uh you know he was like man Leonard if I if I try to make you a running back and that middle linebacker that looks like Zach Thomas mm -hmm. comes in and takes your head off. I think you'll get back up because that's how tough you are, but how many times are you going to be able to get back up? I would say 99.9% well, you would get up. <laughs> that, that's what I said. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it was it was just a it, it was a tough pill to swallow, and, I you know, I, I definitely understood. I've seen – it was a different world, you know, from high school to college. It was it was two different uh, two different plateaus, and 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 I mean, granted, you know, you uh, everybody's seen Rudy, yes, uh, Notre Dame story. Um, I didn't want to be the next Rudy, you know. I didn't want to get in there for one play and play my heart out for a few plays, and, and that would be the end of it. And that was the highlight of my life. But it got crazy, so I went out with a couple of the guys on one night and uh you know we ended up uh going to to a a, a dance nightclub whatever and then uh we end up coming back to a taco cabana i walk into this taco cabana and i you know see some people there and i meet you know so there's some girls there and we're you know we're interested we're trying to hang out and uh i go up to the thing and i order some nachos i'm walking back with my tray of nachos and this guy with a really weird look on his face, just walks up to my nacho tray and grabs a handful of nachos and just smears it on his face. Oh. What? So I was like, what in the world is this dude doing? <laughs> he didn't eat them. He just smeared them all over his face. He reached in for a second handful, so I dropped the tray and I punched him. <laughs> well, I wasn't quite paying attention to what his other hand, what he had in his other hand. I just seen a guy grab a handful of monachos. He had a knife in his other hand. Oh, man. Um, he see, was high on LSD. See, I would have been like you. I would have been like, why are you touching my nachos? That's the only hand yeah. I would have been worried about, too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I uh, I dropped the tray. I punched him in the face. And uh, we 
got into a fight, and the whole time we were fighting, he had a knife. Wow. And uh, he stabbed me nine times. Holy Good cow. Lord. Punctured both lungs. Uh, almost killed me. Should have killed me from what I, you know, from the doctor report, everything else. Um, and uh, I survived that, you know, survived it. And uh, I actually football tackled him and broke his jaw with the top of my head. Wow. Um, and and that's what I, I believe that saved my life. You know, yeah. the, the, the uh, him being unconscious for a few seconds and then the cops got there. They arrested him. He wakes up the next day. He's handcuffed to a bed with his jaw wired shut, and he has no idea what the hell happened. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. insane. Nothing. He had no recollection of it. They told him, man, you almost killed a kid going to school here. He was trying to play football. And then, you know, they played out the whole football story, did all that, and uh, the guy went to prison, and then uh, um, I, of course, you know, had to recover from being sad. How long so were you recovering? How long was that that recovery period? Man, yeah, it took it, it took about six or seven weeks for me to start breathing regularly. Jesus, again. Um, it was it was real tough. I had to do a lot of uh, a lot of uh, breathing, like them the, that little plastic thing with the yes. ball in it. Oh my god! Yeah, I lived, yeah. I lived on that thing yeah. for for six weeks. You know, um, for the first few weeks, I couldn't catch a breath at all. It was more like, <laughs> man, that was it. Um, you know, of course, I heard all the medical records. This guy will never be able to do sports again. He'll never be able to do this. I know his lungs or this and that. Um, but, you know, I'm not a victim of any circumstance, man. I've always known if you want to do something, you got to work hard and get after it. And, uh, you know, I started working out again. And my goal, of course, was to try to play football. But because of the way the incident happened, Everything else, I couldn't get a red shirt because I didn't make the team. I just tried to walk on. Right. So they wouldn't let me try the next year with a, as a red shirt freshman again. So it kind of killed my, my you know, that, that, that was, it was, it was just a dream to try to play football. But who was um, coaching Texas Tech then? Spike Dyke. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I didn't have an opportunity to go and, uh, I met a jiu-jitsu professor in college. His name was Clay Pittman. Clay saw that I was a competitor. He was doing rehab on the knee. I was doing rehab on my lungs. We met. We started talking. He started telling me about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And uh, this was in the, uh, you know, late 90s when Hoist Gracie was about to make a name for, you know, had made a name and, and everything else. But we were all kind of, you know, questioning jiu-jitsu. Like, sure. officers are like, well, I don't know if I want a guy between my legs. I don't know if, you know, I want to be wrestling with somebody. I didn't, you know, nobody really understood. It was it. super unorthodox at the time. It like, nobody really knew what, yeah, yeah. I, I tell a story that my friend and I, we used to get in our, in, a, in our gi, and we'd go to a local gym, and they had an aerobics room, and the floor was padded. So it was perfect to go. It had been, been a great spot for a jiu-jitsu school. But people would look at us, and we'd be in there rolling, and, I mean, we got all kinds of comments made, you know, and yep. stuff, stuff because it was just so. So I, so I'm right there with you. I understand it's just really yep. weird and unorthodox. It was hard to understand. Yep. So, so um, Clay invites me over to his academy, and he tells me, you know, come on, come on over. You look, you know, is well, I was breathing well, um, had you know some most of my athletic ability back, everything else. And uh, everything was good. He's like, come on into the gym. I want to show you something. And I was like, okay, cool. Come into the gym. He's got this 14-year-old kid 
from Brazil in there. Okay. And uh, I think I know where this is about to go. Yeah. <laughs> he says, he says, you think you could handle this guy pretty easily? And I was like, I mean, I'm 18 years old. I'm, you know, got most of my athletic ability back. Yeah. You know, but, uh, what do you mean? Like fighting? <laughs> I'm not going to fight a kid. And he was like, okay, how about, uh, do you think, if he wanted to make you give up, he could. And I was like, absolutely not. He was like, well, I, well, what are the rules? And he was like, well, you guys are going to wrestle each other down. And, uh, uh, you know, if he can make you quit, like basically I was like, say uncle. And he was like, yeah, if he can do that. And then, then, uh, then you're, you know, just, just tap, tap on the ground two times. Don't tap on him, tap on the ground loud enough for all of us to hear everything else and i was like man what is this dude talking about that? i'm gonna murder this kid <laughs> he's like did he sign and, a waiver uh, no yeah 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 i absolutely <laughs> signed a waiver i signed everything so this kid in like three minutes manhandled me man oh my god took me down uh uh rear naked choke kimura lock arm bar key lock every submission you could think of he was just running the gauntlet on me <laughs> and uh i stood up and i was like okay cool sign me up like this is what i want to do i yeah. want to learn this and he was like okay let's do it man so i started training jiu-jitsu and uh i come back to my hometown here in Plainview, texas i come here and i'm visiting for a weekend and there's some fights shoot fights is what it was called way back then mm -hmm. and this was a uh, pancreas style mma basically you could you could strike with an open palm um but it was like mainly jiu-jitsu yep and uh, I go to the show, and I'm sitting there, and, and uh, the promoter walks up, and he was like, are you Leonard? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you remember me? And we started talking. I was like, yeah, kind of. And he was like, yeah, you used to play ball. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, listen, man, my main event pulled out. I heard that you've been training jiu-jitsu. And I was like, I have. I, I, I'm almost a blue belt now. And he was like, okay, well, well the you know, the, the guy – from Amarillo, he's he's like an orange belt or something, but but he's a champion. Would you uh, consider fighting him? And I was like, uh, I mean, what what are the rules? There? He <laughs> explains everything to me. I was like, I came dressed just like this. Like, what what do we got to wear? He said, Man, if we got some shorts back there, I'll run to Walmart. I'll get somebody to go to Walmart and buy you a mouthpiece. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 back then, your yes. shorts look like your underwear. I yeah. mean, back then. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just it, literally they gave me some a pair of red Adidas shorts. That's what they gave me, red shorts with three stripes on the side, and uh, bought me a mouthpiece. I didn't even mold it. Oh God, like it choking to death on it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, he said, I'll pay you 500 bucks. He didn't have to say anymore. 500 bucks back in the early, late 90s was a lot of money. Somebody right. somebody was, was going like, to get choked yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. And uh, <laughs> I, I did it. I won that fight. It was a, a guillotine choke in like 45 seconds. You beat wow. the champ in 45 and, seconds. Yeah, 45 seconds. That's awesome. And, wow. And then, uh, then I came back, defended the title, and that led to an MMA career. Oh, man. I won there. I went, went, went up that, of course, went up to Amarillo, defended that title, ended up heading to Lemoore, California, fought in WC1. Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, won there, and then uh, that, it just it just kept going from there. Everywhere I went, I was winning. And then I, 
I got uh, had a fight that that was taken from me. I just got disqualified because I punched the guy with the closed fist instead of an open palm. Uh. So they called it a loss for me, and uh, I was uh, nine and one when the UFC came to, or I was eight and one, and the UFC came to Denver, Colorado, to watch uh, Rocky Rocky Johnson, I believe is that, yeah, if I remember right. Um, they were there uh, uh, watching him, and he was fighting me. So I was the guy they were bringing in to lose. So this guy could okay. come in and go to the UFC. Right. And I smashed him in the first round. You're like, and, you ain't uh, going to be a stepping stone for nobody. No, man. <laughs> Joe, Joe Silva comes up to me and he's like, who in the hell are you? Like, <laughs> Why are we here watching this guy? I, 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 want, I came here to see him. But uh, here you go, man. Here's my card. Um, I'd like to talk to you. And this was right around the time Ultimate Fighter Season 5 was coming out. With uh, Nate Diaz, Manny Gambirian, and all those yep. guys. And uh, I got asked to be on that show. So I went out for the tryout. Um, I was made the, made, made the cut. I remember meeting Tyson Griffin, Clay Guida, all the big-name guys. Yeah, uh, back then, they weren't such big names, but they were already in the UFC. So, you know, we went with all those guys. And a buddy of mine from Texas, was down there. His name is Rex Richards. Rex weighs 300 pounds, and he was a um, lineman for for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Well, Rex trained at the same place I trained in Lubbock, and we knew each other because we were both football guys. And uh, Rex comes down. He had just beaten some big Brazilian guy, Comprido or something like that, in a jiu-jitsu tournament. So uh, he wanted to meet Dana White. We're all in there trying out, he walks in he, to meet Dana, and he's like, oh, crap, there's Leonard. And Dana was like, you know him? He's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we train together. And Dana was like, there's no way you guys train together. He was like, man, that dude rolls. Like, he, he rolls me up sometimes. And Dana was like, I want to see it. So me and Rex grapple, and during our grappling match, he rolls on uh, his hip on my wrist, and my wrist pops. Like, oh my god! It was the craziest sound in the world. It sounded like a gunshot, mm. and I stood up, and everybody was like quiet. And I remember looking at my wrist, and I was like, "I can move it, so it's not broken, but it looked funny." Yeah. And then they sent me into a MRI tube. They found irregular blood flow, so I had a fracture in my wrist, so I wasn't able to compete on the show. Man, that sucks. Yeah, that so, sucks. Yeah, I put the cast on. They fly me back home from Vegas. I fly back home. I'm hanging out. And uh, a couple weeks later, I get a phone call. About three weeks later, I get a phone call. And they say, hey, um, you still have that cast on your wrist? And I was like, yeah, but it feels good. And he was like, I tell you what, fly down here tomorrow. We're setting up a flight. Fly down here. We're going to look at it. And uh, we want to talk to you. I said, okay. I've they been stabbed nine times. This isn't a this big is deal. Nothing. Yeah, my wrist <laughs> yeah, is fine. Yeah. They, they, they fly me down there. They X-ray my wrist. They take the cast off and put a little, a little, you know, a little. Uh, the light uh, splint. Yeah, very, very, very light splint. He was like, "Will you be ready to go in about four weeks?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Okay, you're fighting Roger Ware at the UFC 69, uh, Houston, Texas," and. uh where are you training at? And I was like, at a jiu-jitsu school in my garage. And he was like, okay, um, have you ever heard of Jackson's MMA? And I was like, yeah, where Diego's at. And he was like, yep, um, he's interested in you. We'd like to set that meeting up. 
can you drop everything and go there? And I was like, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah. So I show up at Greg Jackson's camp and uh, tried out for the team. He wanted me to do a tryout, tried out. He was like, yep, you're in. I brought in, I brought down Cowboy Cerrone to come help me train, and uh, we got ready, and, and that's where it kind of just exploded after that, after we worked the fight. Man, I, like, yep, you're in. I love it, dude, because you're naming all these people, that, and, and it's so, uh, I mean, these are, this is the who's who uh, of the fight game. Uh, these, are, these, these guys, you as well, y'all brought this thing to what it is now. It's, uh, I can't, I can't connect to fighters like I used to. Like I used to, we were so involved and so connected to a lot of, so many fighters. And now it's just, there's so many different events going on with the UFC carrying, carrying so many different fight cards in so many different areas. And it's harder to watch now. Actually, it's harder to, unless you want to pay a gazillion dollars to watch it. But, uh, yeah. but, but what you're telling me now, man, like everybody trained at Greg Jackson's. I mean, like, I mean, he trained everybody, everybody. You, so you, yeah. you're, you're working out with, and you working out with everybody. There's nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, un, it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. I, I remember being in there and I met Pete Jardine was one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, we're watching. We love the Dana man. I remember the first day I seen Keith in there. I was like, I was like a fanboy, man. I was yeah. freaking out. And mind you, Cowboy Cerrone was not Cowboy, but you know, he was just Cowboy, the guy that was going to help us get ready for mm -hmm. fights. You know what I mean? He wasn't signed to anything. He wasn't in the WC. He wasn't in anything. He, I remember he cornered me, and I was telling everybody, you guys better watch out for this guy because he's something else. And everybody would look at me like, okay, whatever. Yeah, he'll kick your coconut then, in the front row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So it, it was it was uh, really good, man. I, I really enjoyed my time in the UFC. Of course, I was there for seven years. And uh, – you know, made some pretty good runs. You know, I had a title shot in WEC and then got, you know, really close in the UFC. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it created like a, a really good platform for me to stand on as far as being a fighter and, and, and being well known. It's like Dana says, we may not really make you rich, but we're going to make you famous. So that was kind of the slogan back then. And uh, it really worked out. You you were always one of my favorite guys to watch fight because because and I was talking to Andrew about it earlier and it's like man when he would fight like he fought with such rage it's like he was I mean dude you used to just I mean man you would throw hands like I mean you'd be taking shots and you'd be giving shots and it's nothing you're like the Terminator dude you just kept coming it was insane <laughs> it was great guys don't fight like that anymore. Man, I don't know. You guys got Joe Elmore still out there. He's definitely one of those guys. If he if he can get healed up, I think he's got some good things coming for him for sure. So absolutely, man. I I think so too. I'm really excited to watch him uh, in the future, and and uh, really excited that I don't have to line up against him anymore. <laughs> well, let me ask. That you, was a fun fight dude, to watch. It was. Man. It I was mean, so much fun to watch. I, I mean, I like the way you guys interacted with each other, between like total respect for each other, you know. And I know in the beginning, it's you got to you know you got to push the fight and sell the fight or whatever but i mean at the end you know i know i know joe was honored to fight you and uh and it was it dude it was just great to to just watch you go out there and and hang it all out you know hang it all out on the line that one last time so how do you feel about retirement i mean how does that because i know most athletes they they get to the point and then they retire but then they just you're an athlete so you've got to find something to channel your energy into um so so for you, what is, what's, what's your transitioning point for that? So, I mean, um, I had retired once before and, um, re I had really lost my love for MMA. I didn't want to grapple anymore. Um, 
I really just, I mean, everything about it was kind of, uh, it turned into a job. And, uh, you know, I, I really had to sit back. And, and when Bare Knuckle came to me with a with the contract, I was like, man, this has always been my dream was to do Bare Knuckle. Like, yeah. it was always like, why do we wear gloves? Why do we wrestle? Why do we kick? Why not let just, just you guys get out there and bang it out? Yes. That, that to me, was a fight. Right. Uh, so when they came to me, I was like, man, this is going to be tough. You know, it's going to be hard to, to sell to my wife to sell to the, everybody, you know, to my family, to, to, to the church, to everything else. Um, so I get the call. I come home. I send my wife a video of a bare knuckle fight. And I was like, you remember, I've always told you that this was my dream. And she was like, yep, we're not doing that. And I was like, okay. Um, Hear me out. So, Yeah. <laughs> And I, and man, I, I, you know, I, I, I talked to, uh, to my pastor about it and, and, uh, he was like, man, this is something you've always talked about. And I was like, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it all worked, man. Like the first fight was in Cancun, Mexico. My wife had never been to Cancun and oh, I was like, mama, listen, guess where we we're going? Go Cancun. <laughs> yeah. We can go to Cancun. We can spend some days on, on the beach. Think of this, think of that. She was pregnant at the time with my daughter. Yeah. And she was like, I'm real big. Like, it's not going to be fun. I was like, it's Cancun. <laughs> of course it's going to be fun. Um, you know, and, and a lot of different factors came in, but she, she realized that, that, that it was my dream to, to do that. And I was like, man, listen, it's a three-fight deal. I promise. You know, I never told Bare Knuckle about it, and I never told anything else. But, I mean, we prayed together. We really, really sat down, and uh, I, I just made a deal. I just said, listen. You know, I told her, I, I was praying, and I was like, man, God, if you let this happen, and it happens, I promise you. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to it. I'll only do three fights, but I set some goals out there. I was like, I want to be number one when it's all said and done. And I want it, you know, I, I, I want this to be the fulfillment that I always wanted out of the UFC. I want it to be everything that I ever wanted. I want to, I want to have fights that, that people remember forever. And, you know, I, and I promised I told my wife, I don't care what they offer. It doesn't matter to me after the three, I'll be done with it. Right. She was like, she sat back and, and then, uh, I remember we went to church on a Sunday and, uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, pastor said the rule of three <laughs> is, is a, is a very big rule. And then he goes on this little talk about it. And he was like, man, you know what? That doesn't even have anything to do with the preaching. But I just wanted to, to to put that out there, and he had no idea, you know, that, 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 that we were talking about this. There you and go. I looked at my wife; she looked at me, and she was like, "Sign the contract. We're doing it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Man, it's we're doing awesome. it. She was like, "We're going to Cancun," and I was like, "Hell yeah, let's go!" <laughs> That's so, great. Uh, um, so then, during 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 my first fight, um, I hadn't trained in two and a half years. Uh, I signed the contract, and and now the fight is five weeks away. Um, I went to uh, the Cowboys Ranch in New Mexico, and I stayed there uh, from day one to day five, January first till February 
can't remember what it was, February 4th or something. And uh, I just went to the ranch and I trained like a madman, man. I just, I dieted. I did everything I needed to do and I got super ready. And uh, I went out there and I fought Julian Lane and I did what, what, what I knew I could do. Well, that created a false sense of security for me. Leonard, you can live a day-to-day life. You can keep doing what you're doing. And they offer you a fight. You can go train for five weeks and you'll beat anybody. Well, they offered me a tournament. Jim Ellers. Well, no, actually, Jason Knight was the first night, first round of the tournament. So I said, okay, let's do it. And uh, this was, of course, breaking my deal that I had made with my wife with mm-hmm. God, with everything else, because had I advanced in that tournament, uh, I would have had to fight two more times to win the title. Okay. So that would have been four fights. Right. So I go to, to the gym. I start training like a madman. Three weeks out, Jason Knight gets injured. He gets injured, and they're finding me a replacement. And I said, dang it. You know, yeah. here I am. I'm, I'm in decent shape. I'm, I wasn't in great shape, but I was like, you know what? I'm in good enough shape. I'm just going to go home and finish my training camp there. Whoever it is that they find is just going to be kind of like a fill-in guy, whatever. Come home and, and uh, uh, train here at home and, and uh, you know, go to a local gym. I'm just kind of going through the motions, and then they find me Jim Allers. And... Uh, Jim, of course, was ready to fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, n- no excuses on my end because if you sign that contract and you make the weight and you step in there, you're ready to go. Right. You know? Right. So it doesn't matter that I walked in not fully loaded. doesn't matter that I walked in not ready to go. Um, I walked in there and I, and, and I decided to take the fight. And uh, he made quick work of me, man. It wasn't a good night at all. He punched me right in the eyeball, not oh. not the eye socket, not the bone around the eye, anything. He punched my eyeball with the very first punch of the fight, and man, that destroyed me. That's a game changer. I yeah, I couldn't see. I was just like going crazy out there. I went nuts because that's the only thing I know to do. Didn't have the gas tank to try to keep it up, and I mean, man, he did what a great fighter does. He hurt me. And he finished me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, it was really, 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 really bad. Like, I mean, man, I considered hanging it up. I considered all these different things. And I thought about it. And I really focused on, well, you know, I don't know why I took that fight at a lighter weight. Like, I hadn't been to that weight since the UFC. This is crazy. What was I thinking? Anyways, all this negativity came out. And then... I just said, you know what? I had a busted eyeball, and I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? You've never been a victim of anything. You've never, you know, cried like a little bit. You've never done any of this. Get your butt up, get to the gym, and start training so that this never happens again. So I focused on what I needed to do. I told my wife that I was really going to start hitting it as hard as I could, and I went to the gym with a busted eye for six weeks, and I just started getting into shape. So this whole time I'm getting into shape, 
I'm not hearing anything from Bare Knuckle. I'm not hearing about a next fight. I'm not hearing anything, but I know that I need to get to the best shape of my life because whatever comes, it's going to take that. Mm-hmm. And I just kept getting ready, kept gearing up, kept gearing up. And then about nine months later, I'm watching one of the, the Bare Knuckle fights, and I watched Joel Moore fight uh, William Choke. Yeah, that was a good fight. Or Eric Choke. Yeah, yep, somebody. Yep. And he destroyed this guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. This dude <laughs> fight 165. Look at this dude. Like, he does not care. He just yeah. – mold right over this dude and he and, don't he don't care you're right you're exactly <laughs> yeah. right that's a great way to describe yeah. him and uh i was like wow so then uh a couple more months passed and mind you i'm training and i'm thinking about everybody that's out there fighting and then diago alves gets signed and i was mm-hmm. like man he's always been one of my favorites man, if I could fight Diago, that would be great. So I started reaching out to BKFC. It's like, who do you got lined up for Diago next? You know, what's he doing? Like, what, who, what do you guys think? Just letting them know that I had curiosity towards him. And mind you, I'm training for a fight like, man, I want I want a big fight. I want a big fight. And then I watched Joel Moore fight Tom Show, And I was like, man, this dude is unstoppable. Like, he can run through a wall. And I was like, man, he made the hair on the back of my head stand up. You know, I was like, golly. And uh, he comes out of that fight. He's in the back dressing room. He does an interview. And they're like, who do you want to fight next? And he says, with all his heart, he says my name. Yeah. And I said, oh, wow. <laughs> this is what you were getting me ready for. This is That's the it. guy. That 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 you got me into the gym for, and and this was the reason that 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 I went back to the gym, not being a crybaby, took the tail from between my legs and started training, is because I was going to fight this monster right here. <laughs> and uh, bare knuckle reached out to me, and they were like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "I think this is the best fight you guys could have put together in a hundred years, man. I I, I absolutely want to do it. Let's do it." And uh, so we sign up and we fight, and then the rankings come out. And Joe Elmore is ranked number one in the world. And I said, thank you, God. I, I understand what you're telling me. Yeah. yeah. You gave me an opportunity. You got me in the gym. You made me quit being a victim. You got me ready, and you're going to let me fight for the number one spot. Like, you never hear about that. You never hear a guy get manhandled and then fight to be number one you never hear about no, that. You, like don't. It you don't happen. Right. it definitely had to be god you know so i was like okay now this is an opportunity for me to keep my word to you to my family and achieve a goal that i had set out to achieve from the very beginning yeah i wanted to be the number one guy i wanted to do these three fights and i wanted to prove that for myself and to the world and here's my opportunity, and that was it. So, when I said that I retired, and 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 stated that out there, that was me fulfilling my promise to God, my promise to my wife, my promise to my family, and my employer, everybody. And I was able to do it in a very good fashion, and I'm very comfortable with it. And uh, I'm so glad I don't have to fight anymore. 
<laughs> you went out. You went out number one, man. Yeah. Nobody, not, nobody. I mean, there's not a, there's not a big list of people that gets to do that. So, Mr. Garcia, yeah. what great great story on how you know your faith led you to, you know. Yeah, dude, it's that totally, fight even. totally divine intervention. Every bit of that whole that whole part absolutely was. Yeah. So for sure, who's who's great? I know we're running short on time, so I got a couple of real quick fire questions for you. Okay. Who's the toughest dude in the cage you ever fought? Um, the Korean zombie fight meant the most to me as far as toughness and, and as far as, uh, 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 equal ability, man, Max Holloway was super tough, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I bounced some shots off his head and, uh, he reacted to him the way I thought he would, but, mm-hmm. but he kept coming, man. And being as young as he was back then, I knew he was going to be the superstar he is today. So. The Korean zombie fight meant the most to me because it elevated both of us to a really high level. And I love when a fight elevates both guys. I think it it, it, it means something to both of us. And, and my name isn't as big as, as anything without his name being tied to it. And I believe the same for him. His name wouldn't have gotten as big as without my name tied to it. So since that fight elevated us both, that one means the most to me. But I think Max Holloway was probably the toughest guy in the cage yeah. that I ever faced. And, and, and bare knuckle, of course, I'll say this the day I die, man. Joe Elmore is the toughest guy I've ever <laughs> he's, that's a, yeah. I believe it. Dude, he's t- he is tough. So, I mean, so are you, though, man. That was a so, Y'all fight just like each other. Y'all's fighting style is so yeah. similar. So that's why it was such a great fight. So you, I've seen his eyes a couple times while we were fighting. And your eyes tell you a lot in fights. Um i seen him take shots that were like, oh, my God, what was that? I mean, I, I landed some kidney shots that were brutal. I mean, yep. I, I felt his kidney. Like, <laughs> oh I don't know God. if that's possible. <laughs> oh, my God. But I felt, I felt it. Right. And, uh, man, his eyes were like, oh, my God. Then he would look at me, and all of a sudden it would just change. Like, man, you just hit me. I'm going to hit you back. <laughs> and I was in there like, man, just go away, Joe. Yeah. Go but away. You just go lay down somewhere <laughs> yeah. for ten seconds. Go, go sit in the corner. Let the <laughs> let that doctor see that cut, and please, doc, just say, hey, he can't continue. <laughs> he wouldn't go away, man. He wouldn't go away. So, so as far as toughness goes, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple things about Joe. He said his shoulder, you know, his shoulder was injured before the fight. This dude was doing no leg pushups. What? During our doctor physicals. Oh, my God. After weigh-in, we go and we do a little physical for the doctor, and they ask us to do push-ups, jumps, duck walks. You know, they push our shoulders down, push them up. They check our fingernails, check our eyeballs in our mouth, our ears, everything. When they told him to do push-ups, he elevated his feet off the ground, like at an, at an angle, 45-degree uh-huh. angle, and he did push-ups. Holy cow. With his feet. Not, not even the touching ground. the ground. Oh my god! And I was like, "I'm gonna fight that dude." <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and I'm gonna beat that guy. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, and, and yeah, it was it was it was unbelievable to see that. And then after the fight, he has a broken hand, and they throw a Tiger Life energy drink up in the air while he's doing an interview. He catches it with the hand that's broken. <laughs> oh my god! Cracks the thing open and takes a drink of it and takes the can out of that hand. He's like, yeah, I broke this hand in the second round and like shows it to the camera and it's swollen. Like, Oh, it looked terrible. Beyond, 
Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, it it looked like a Mickey Mouse. It's like the Elephant Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 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 he literally caught a can out of the air with it, and I was like, so my 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 request to Joe is after this fight, after everything, you don't ever have to tell anybody else, but whatever it is that you drink or eat, give me a little bit of it. Yeah, Just let me have some because I would love to have that man. That dude is. Like I, I've I've never I've never seen anybody that tough, man. And, and and like I said, I'm I'm grateful that I never had to fight him again. But I I, I worry about the guys that he's gonna fight. Man, to he's he's gonna come back hungry. Yeah, yeah, especially after that, I think I think he comes back and and uh, as long as he stays focused and keeps doing everything that he's doing now, man, I, I I'm really really hopeful to watch him uh, make a hell of a run, man. I'm excited for him. Well, look, I, I I just want to thank you again, man. We we cannot thank you enough for coming in and spending time with us and talking to us. And I'd like to talk to you again later on in the future, maybe when you get some time. I got we got a, a gazillion other things we could talk about. Uh, but uh, I'm happy for you and your success and the way you get to end your career. And uh, I don't think it could have happened to a better guy. And uh, you you're a legend to me, dude. And I and I'm very happy to talk to you. Thank you for coming on. And I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to interview, man. Without without you guys, our stories don't get out there. So thank you both, man, for that. And, and I appreciate you guys. And heck, it was a lot of fun, man. I really did have fun. So it was good. Good. I'm glad. Awesome. All right. All right. Take care and uh, tell your family we said hello. You got it, man. I'll let them know. Thank All you, right, sir. Man. Thank you.